Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Check out the critically acclaimed release, Curse of the Red River, the brand new full-length album by Baron Earth. This album combines the best elements of metal, prog, and more obscure psychedelic rock. Visit Peaceville at P-E-A-C-E-V-I-L-L-E.com to buy the CD and to check out other great metal acts. Use the links in today's show notes of the Talking Metal podcast to open your iTunes and download Barren Earth. Mr. and Mrs. America and all ships at sea, this is Bobby Blitz from Overkill, coming at you live on Chalking Metal. Rock, rock over London, Zurich, Auckland, Dublin, Dallas, Milwaukee, Los Angeles, Sydney, Indianapolis, Tokyo, Seattle, Paris, Budapest, Berlin, New York. Ladies and gentlemen, two men who are committed to rocking you wherever you might be, John Astronomy and Mark Striegel. Welcome to the Talking Metal Podcast, broadcasting around the world from TalkingMetal.com and StriegelsMusicNews.com. Hey guys, John Astronomy here. Welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. we got a great episode for you today. This show features an interview Mark and I conducted with Bobby Blitz Ellsworth from Overkill at our March live show. And basically the episode is the second half of the live show. Uh, Mark is away on vacation and I hope he has a great time. I actually just got back from tour with Ace Fraley. And let me tell you guys, it was an amazing experience. I uh, traveled everywhere with Ace and helped him during the concerts, helped him before and after. Just basically was Ace's assistant and sort of like a personal tour manager. And uh, it was really cool. And uh, we did three gigs. One was at Mohegan Sun in 
Connecticut. It's a casino. Uh, one was in Atlantic City at the House of Blues. And by the way, that is the biggest House of Blues ever. It is like a huge place, and it's really cool. And then we ended up at the Nokia Theater in Times Square. The band is sounding amazing. New guitarist Todd Youth is really, really cool. And Anthony Esposito on bass. Scotty Coogan on drums. Unbelievable group. And uh, like I said, I never heard the band sound as great as they sounded on these last three shows. And uh, a lot more great stuff to come. Go to acefrelly.com. Check out his MySpace. Check out his Facebook, his Twitter. Subscribe to all those things, guys. And... You will not be disappointed. So anyway, guys, hope you guys are all doing well. And just want to cover a couple of news bits. And then I want you to check out the interview with Bobby Blitz, which happens about 40 minutes, I think, into this live show. Because part of it is just Mark and I kind of hanging out for a while. So the big news is that Metal Mike uh, has some gigs coming up. And if you're in a town where he's playing, you've got to go see him. And what you should do is go to the wire section of TalkingMetal.com and you will see all things related to Metal Mike's gigs that are coming up. So don't forget to do that. Um, check out the TalkingMetal.com site. Check out our MySpace page, check out the Talking Metal forums, all that kind of stuff. You can find it through the links section of TalkingMetal.com. And uh, enjoy the podcast, guys. So here it is, the second part of our March live show featuring Bobby Blitz Ellsworth from Overkill. Check it out. Talking Metal caught off guard yeah <laughs> i hope Anyways. that we were we weren't we were all broadcasting the, the audio yeah. we were talking about guys here's what we were talking about i hung out with judy landers from the 80s <laughs> uh, an amazing actress <laughs> last night she's actually from from the past like she's, that is a, I, from, I, I love that no and and she has two really cool daughters and they have a band called official hot mess and uh we did a photo session cool when yeah. do we get to see those photos? We will get to see them soon. Chauncey from Stepping Out. Uh, oh, is that what it was for? for yeah, Steppin it was for Stepping Out. Okay. So everybody will get to see them uh, in a few weeks in Stepping Out magazine. We will provide those links. Very good. Now, I have to say, this was not like the Savannah Sampson session. That was right. a totally different type of photo session. This was, you know, a legit... Uh, well, that was legit, but that was for Savannah's adult site. This was for Stepping Out magazine. Yeah. All right. Very good. Were, um, you, in the, were you in the adult photos? I was in two adult adult photos playing a police officer yes <laughs> with with savannah samson and no pants yes <laughs> i had pants on but she did a badge a gun and nothing else <laughs> well chauncey's a great guy by the way uh, now did you remember him from howard stern oh yeah of course of yeah course. and he's just such a nice guy like a really great guy and plus he's a really talented photographer i mean i saw some of the shots and i just uh, would have not known how to set that stuff up with those umbrellas he's like a jay bones you know but for photography uh which this explains why there was a, a full feature on john astronomy in uh stepping out yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I help out. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Although I, you Payback. know, it wasn't my idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very. Good, that was man. a good feature on astronomy, wasn't it? it yeah. yeah, it was. There was <laughs> there was one little blunder, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, what was it? Oh, when they they, they put metal maniacs and they spelled it wrong. Yeah, yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. Know. It was like that. the original metal. Maniac. They corrected it in the I think the, the online version. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It said I was a maniac. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, discovered uh, that. I didn't even notice that. He's a we, different guy. Uh, That's our other friend. 
Okay, let's get in. Let's get into some more shredding the envelope here. We'll hear uh, "Caravan of Cannibals," which I first misread as "Caravan of Cannabis." <laughs> this isn't. Uh... Who's a, a metal band? A much better dope? caravan to roll into your town. <laughs> if if yeah, you they, see a caravan coming, you better hope it's the caravan of cannabis and not the caravan of cannibals. Especially you if you're get eaten fat, but, but yeah. and juicy. <laughs> Dude, my wife was telling me about some guy who. Uh, Do you hear about this? Yesterday he was uh, on like some show, like Cops or something, and and he. Um, Swallowed. Uh, he was arrested, uh, and uh, he um, had a bag of weed on him. <laughs> and he put the bag of weed in his mouth and oh, no. chewed it, and was trying to swallow it. So they wouldn't. But he started choking on it. Oh no! And he died. On, oh my yeah, god! Choking on a bag of of weed, Jeez. which he would have gotten like a thirty dollar ticket for. And he you know, died <laughs> yeah, for yeah, it's, for choking it's on like weed. Barely oh, even against brother. the law anymore, but. Uh, yeah, so there you go. But, this uh, wasn't a live version of Cops, of was it? Cannabis. No, um, no, it wasn't. Yeah, because that would be pretty insane if he died on the air. No, but it is on YouTube apparently. Oh. So yeah, and apparently he was a gay porn actor too. On top of that, so, <laughs> so you would think his oh. gag reflex would be looser. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. That's what a true. story, man. Yeah. The things you'll hear on an episode of Talking Metal Live. Oh, man. The listeners we might, are just dropping off here. We might go... Maybe we won't go back to this format. We were discussing uh, how to possibly, you know, alter the format of the Talking Metal podcast, adding a little more just conversation, but... Uh, well, one thing I was thinking of, we could actually turn in the whole three hours of Talking Metal Live into actual podcast episodes. Just play the whole entire hour. Right. Per, you know, And say, yeah, yeah, that's an episode. Just yeah. live as is. Yeah, as is. Yeah. Right. Something to think about. Yeah. Anything that makes less work for us. Right, I know. <laughs> you know what I was thinking? We got to make it so it's it's really fun. And, and guys, it's not that we're saying it's not always fun, but, you know, sometimes we're under the gun and trying to get things done and in time and... You know, the key to Talking Metal is to have fun while doing Talking Metal. Yes, it is. And definitely. we need to do that. And we have to say, guys, sometimes it appears to, to be work. Yeah. And and we're trying to figure out how to make that not the case. Well, the caravan of cannabis could help yes. that situation, yes. actually. So having said that, let's get into Caravan of Cannibals by Shredding the Envelope, followed by a little George Lynch. And then we're having our first, I believe, our first professional athlete yes. join us on the program. In seven minutes, Corey Proctor from the Dallas Cowboys. Can you believe it? That is pretty cool. Yeah, He's amazing. also from a great metal band called Free Rain. Yeah, we're going to talk all about it. And Bud Friendly has something to say. I was a shot putter in the 72 Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not actually professional athletic. Oh, right. See, yeah, that's true. It yeah, wasn't. True. Yeah, yeah, see, now professionals can take part in the Olympics, but before you had to be an amateur. Okay. Right. Sure thing. And and we're definitely a bunch of amateurs. Yes. yes. Shredding the envelope. Caravan of cannibals here on Talking Metal. Check it out. <laughs>
Oh yeah, it's Talking Metal Live, and uh, these guys to my left claim to be Mark Striegel and John Astronomy. There you go. Yes. But I don't know if they are. <laughs> I, I love Josh Astrology, though. That yeah, has that to be good. one of the good, good names. Yeah. I might just it's have good to change radio. my name to that. You should, uh, it's you a should good radio it, name. Right? Yeah. Good Copyright radio name. that and trademark that immediately. Yeah, just in case. Yeah, Wear actually, a weird uh, Sagittarius go, medallion. Yeah. And also get the don, domain name. Yeah. Domain name. A yeah. wizard's from Go Daddy. Yeah, from Go Daddy, right? Magic Make wand. sure you put in Metal One to get one cent <laughs> off. <laughs> metal Wand. Uh, so we're waiting for Corey from Corey Free Rain to, to call in, and he hasn't called in as of yet. It's eight oh five. Maybe what do you he think? It's a different time zone or something. I don't know. Well, perhaps pulled a hamstring. Maybe he listened yeah. to the first part and decided not to come on. <laughs> yeah, that's also possible. Well, uh, you want to take a little wager on uh, whether he'll call in or not? Ah, I could get three guys from the Cleveland Browns to call in in ten minutes. Well, let's see here. Uh, let's see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I guess we could go to some more music. Uh, I wanted to have Victor call in, actually, too, but I don't want him to... Call uh, in when yeah, Corey Proctor yeah. might be calling in. I have a feeling that if he doesn't call in the next 10 minutes, he's confused on the time zone. Yeah. Victor, if you're listening, I'm not sure if you still have the number, but feel free to call in. I would say any, you know, probably between 8.30 and 8.45. Right. You know, um, and Blitz. Who's Victor? Your ride home? <laughs> well, actually, he did give me a ride home from here once. But uh, Victor is the uh, Talking Metal correspondent, if you in will, Spain. over in Spain. And he has his own show on uh, Mar- uh, com. Mars Attacks. Uh, also does a show in Spanish called uh, Sonic... Abla Metal Sonica. Yeah. yeah, there you go. You know, I'm getting sick once again of the dot coms and dot nets and dot TVs. I was sick of that before I got into the internet, and now I'm sick of it again. What? Why? I'm just sick of hearing dot com after everything. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm kidding, guys. I, I mean, I'm not in the You better bad get used to it. I don't think it's going anywhere. I know. It's just like everything is like something dot com. Right. Talkingmetal.com. Yeah. I don't know. Nice plug. Well, talk about that, TalkingMetal.com. You're currently uh Yes, yeah, doing I'm something. currently moving TalkingMetal.com to what you would think is where we always should have been. See, right now, basically, the Talking Metal site is spread out onto numerous websites. StriegelsMusicNews.com, that's where most of our general content and web pages are, and then... All of our MP3 files live on CaptainT.com, and, and sometimes that gets a little confusing to people, namely advertisers, when they're wondering, you know, why do I see that TalkingMetal.com doesn't get any hits? And the reason is, is because TalkingMetal.com doesn't really live on uh, it, at that location. It, it's a pointer to these other places, uh, like online. So what we're trying to do— Ha! Take that, Burger King! Yeah. So we're moving them all to TalkingMetal.com. It's going to be a slow process because, you know, I'm going to have to change a lot of links and do a lot of different things. And will the RSS feed uh, change? How will that affect people who get the podcast through Yeah, that's that's going to probably be the last thing that winds up moving and, and the... True answer to that is I'm not quite sure yet. There's I'm going to contact iTunes directly because uh, we know someone there who is a fan of Talking Metal and and see what his suggestions are. Because back in the old days, you know, once you had an RSS feed, you could never ever move it. So um, and we'd love to move it to our TalkingMetal.com server. So 
we need to look into that. So just yeah. stay tuned, guys. If you ever see that a link doesn't work or something, feel free to let us know because sometimes, you know, I, I may make a mistake when I'm uh, moving things. Uh, and uh, But just bear with us. It's going to be a slow process. Moving but... drinks down your throat, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. That, that's that's why there could be a, an error. But um, it, it's, it's going to be neat when we get it all done, and uh, it's going to be pretty cool. And now when we do that, now what do you think you're going to do at StrugalsMusicNews.com? Are you going to... Keep it? And no, I don't think so. Uh, just let it go. I, I, yeah, I mean, I got MarkStriegel.net. Right. Well, so. which Sell good. that shit to CNBC. <laughs> yeah, you know what? <laughs> there, there, there's actually another site called smnnews.com. Yeah, 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 which is just yeah. a coincidence that... And, and what's weird is they... they deal in metal as well yep, which is yep. even more of a yeah, coincidence. I'll probably just let Striegel's music news go go um right. little little fun fact the uh that that was actually started way way back about 6 years ago before talking metal right. we we put that up because John and I and and this other guy Eric were uh Eric Bonenstiel were yeah. appearing on um, VH1 VH1 yeah and uh just wanted to have some kind of presence online right. at the time. It was uh, a good idea that you had. You wanted to have like a music news site, and yeah. we were talking I about. Still get weird. I like Bonenstiel. He's he's you know he, we've given him so many opportunities to come on get the involved. show with us, and it just uh, yeah, I'm not it, sure. It never seems. To I happen. remember surfing Striegel's music news from the prison computer terminal right. before I was on this show. <laughs> oh, okay. That was in the early days, right? Early days, early but days. late in the sentence. <laughs> Early days for you. Right. Now, when did you get out, bud? Uh, some say I'm still in. Oh. You're really good. I think you're a highlight of this program, without a doubt. So, so do I. Yeah. <laughs> no, so let's he, talk about what uh, astronomy is up to, because a lot of what, people... What's astronomy yeah, up to? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know sometimes you don't have time to check out the message boards Yeah, and stuff, I'm sorry, but, guys. I uh, do, however, as, as everybody knows, you know, I do the web work for, for the Talking Metal site, but that sometimes... Uh, you know, back in the day, uh, you know, I was well, really busy doing prof- look, professional, professional work. What you're yes. Doing. Okay. Professionally, the, what am I doing metal or just what am I doing in general with everything? Just in everything you're, you've been, I mean, we, people know you do work for Nickelodeon and right. uh, MTV networks, but you're also doing stuff for Gibson. Gibson and, right. and there's oh, another okay. ex- exciting, really thing cool thing that, happening. That you've yeah. been doing lately, which yeah. is, can you talk about yes, who you've been helping out and doing I, work for? Yeah. I've been working as a personal assistant for the great Ace Freely of Kiss fame and it's been an honor for me to work with Ace because he's been my favorite rock star since I was a kid. And, uh, you know, in addition to my dad, who is a great musician, still is, and plays guitar and keyboards and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, Ace was always my favorite rocker, and uh, it's really a great uh, opportunity to, to work with him. And, and uh, he, he really trusts me, which is a, a real cool thing. And uh, I'm going to be going on tour with Ace uh Coming up, uh, he's going to be doing three dates on the East Coast, Mohegan Sun Casino on Friday, March 19th, uh, the House of Blues in Atlantic City on Saturday, uh, March 20th, and then uh, finishing up at the Nokia Theater in New York City, which coincidentally is where I also work for Nickelodeon. Uh, MTV Viacom building, uh, that's going to be on Sunday the 21st, and it's going to be a, a great time, guys. Uh you know, you really should uh, come out to support Ace and, and just have a great time seeing his band uh, if you're in the area. And uh, 
exciting thing. He's got Todd Youth uh, on guitar now. Um, we're still good friends with Derek Hawkins, who was on. Well, what happened with that? Why I'm not Derek sure, guys. Yeah, I, I really don't know, and, and that's truly the honest answer. Um, and as we said on the podcast, you know, we wish Derek the best, and, and we're excited to see Todd Youth now. What's What's interesting about Todd Youth is that he. Literally, like at some young age, like 12 or something, was like on stage, at, like CBGBs with like, you know, some of the New York bands that were, were playing there back in like the 80s. He was like some kid who also performed with like major punk like groups who? and stuff. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, we, got, we should look it up on Wikipedia. Um, you know what? Maybe I will look that up. Not but anyway, and then after that, he wound up playing in Degeneration, which must have been just after we saw them, because I remember like it was uh, Jesse well, Mallon. And, well, they had that one guitar player, Danny Sage, Sage and then I feel like the other guitar player changed two, maybe three times. Yeah, there was Richard Bacchus, I think was one of them when, I think that was his name, and and uh, we knew Danny Sage because we knew a friend, uh, his girlfriend, what was her name? Uh, I didn't really know her well. She oh, yeah. was she was friends with uh, Nikki. Nikki. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been over her past. I think I got one of Danny Sage's coats to this day. But anyway, yeah. So uh, Todd Youth was in Degeneration, and then he went on to play in Danzig, and uh, I, I think he was possibly in Danzig at the same time as uh, Steve Zing. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, and and then he's currently also doing a project with Michael Monroe, and and now he's out in the West Coast. So uh, he's really you know one of these like cool. You know, guys that are in demand and are playing with all the cool bands like Michael Monroe's and the Ace Trillies and stuff like that. So that'll be interesting. And then also Scott Coogan, uh, Scotty Coogan on drums from um, Nikki Six's group, Brides uh, oh, okay. of Destruction. And uh, and then we have Anthony Esposito, of course, from the Lynch Mob, who is, you know, our friend. And who we just heard playing yeah. on that Lynch Mob song. Yeah. Yeah. So so, it's uh, so we have an uh, update on uh, Corey Proctor. We have Jen from Chipster. Uh we're emailing back and forth with her. He should have called in. She's trying to track him down, and that is okay. the update. official word. So, so we're we're yeah looking for Corey Proctor and uh, guard uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, hopefully, I hope he's okay. Yeah, um, and I don't know. What do you want to do? Some music? You want to keep talking? Yeah, let's keep talking for a minute. Okay, let's ask what you're up to, Mark. Uh. Boy, yeah, just just staying busy. You know, the screaming metal thing was a lot of fun uh, out at Dingbats. We didn't sell the place out this time. Yeah, uh, we had about half of what we had last year, which was still one still of the biggest great. nights. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Yeah. I was talking to the guy uh, who who works there, and he was like, "Oh, we had a big night on Friday night," uh, and I was like, "Oh, really?" I said, "Who played?" He said, "Blackwater Rising," who we've had on the podcast right. and great sounding band. And I was like, "Oh, so wh- how, how many people did they have?" And he was like, "Oh, they had uh, close to forty people." And I was wow. thinking, well, then tonight must be a smash hit because we had yeah. a, we had a hundred people at Dingbats. Yeah, and, and, and that was like paying people. Then if yeah. you like, I guarantee there were people there that didn't pay to get yeah. in. So, you know, yeah. does yeah. that count the opening groups people or no? Oh, okay, just so our people they had people. they had four. Oh, oh yeah, okay, four, four people. <laughs> so so a hundred and four yeah. plus plus. Here I was feeling all bad. The Hollywood Kills, their name was. Uh, you know, Dan had been like, "Oh, you should get them on the podcast," and you right. know, we're using their equipment, which I'm thankful for that yeah. we got to use their equipment. But four fucking people. 
Yeah. I mean, geez. I mean, last year we had uh, a real cool band. What was that band? Uh, Low Buzz. Low Buzz opened, right. and they had like sixty people there. Right. You know, and it's like it's like so you know, and then then we had over two hundred, two fifty, two fifty. Yeah. So between so it that, like it was like three hundred people, 300 there, people right. in the place. It was it was technically so this sold time out. there was one oh four plus whoever got in for free. Yeah. You figure a couple of guys in that band get into fights with their girlfriends, they got two people at the show. Yeah. Maybe right. one. Yeah. Well, each person should bring at least the, the, well, you know, I, a couple of people to the gig. Well, Dan said to me, he's like, how many people do you got for the guest list? And I had, I had like, you know, 10, 15 friends coming down. None right. of them were on the guest list. It's like, because, you know, I know how important those numbers right, are for right. the, for the, uh, for the door. So uh, we're, we're, we're trying to decide what to do next guys with another screaming metal gig. And I wanted to ask you guys out there, would you be interested in making a trip to New York city? I'm not yeah, talking not about Jersey, Jersey yeah. to see screaming metal play on a big stage when, and I can tell you one thing, if we do it in New York city, the special guests are definitely going to, there's definitely going to be more of them. And I right. think that we probably get some bigger names, you know? Yeah. No um, offense to the great people that showed up at the last gig, but yeah, well, you know, I mean, I think we'll get all those people. Yeah, too. those same guys will can, come. You know, we'll and, be there. and hopefully, you know, we would have always had Bumblefoot and maybe Frank Ferrer at right. at the gigs, but just they've coincidentally, been they've been on tour with Guns N' Roses. So yeah. we'll try to book it so that they can come, and then all the same dudes that we had at the last gig, and then a bunch of people who, you know, if if you're not from this area, guys. Getting to Clifton is a bit of a production if you're from yeah. like Long Island or a Manhattan person. Well, yeah, I mean, because there's no direct train out there. I believe it's right. a bus, and you yeah. know, you and know, it's just like a project. And in, in New York City, guys, not everybody in like most New Yorkers don't have cars. So like you know, you can do everything you want in New York City. So you don't really need to go anywhere. And, right. and so getting to Clifton is a production. Thank God Jay Bones uh, picked me up on his way out to the gig, and. Uh, or else I wouldn't even have got home. And then here's what's even funnier. I stayed in a hotel because it's still such a production to get home. And when we were going to the hotel, there was a sign that said Jersey City, 10 miles. So, like... That's that's what, yeah. I, I, that's what I was I was talking to Emily, and I was yeah. like, well, John's staying in a hotel. She was like, isn't Clifton, like, like right, like right down the street from Jersey yeah. City? And, and I was like, yeah, it actually yeah. is. Uh, so, she was... But, well, and then I was like, yeah, but he didn't want to, you know, have to drive all the way back. He didn't want to give then, the hooker bus fare <laughs> back home. And then, uh, you know, we were we were thinking, we were like, well, a hotel room probably cost you a hundred bucks at least. This and one then, was a little less. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, you could have taken a cab for 20 bucks. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like, but here's the <laughs> thing. You could we, have had a party at your place. Yeah, you know? I know. We yeah. My place was a little dirty, but we, we didn't even uh, take the gear back. I didn't even tell you this. Me and Jay Bones hung out for so long that that Freddie was just like, just leave it. So we left the gear. We went back the next day and got it. They had to open up dingbats specifically for us to get the amps out. And they couldn't figure out how to turn the lights on in dingbats. Seriously, I, I, had to ha I had this little flashlight, and we had to go in the complete pitch dark of dingbats and then and find the, the gear, wow. which we then got. And luckily, it worked, and, and then we went home. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, it was it was a fun night, nonetheless. I, yeah. I thought I thought balls to the wall. We had Dave come up and, and sing yeah. it with us, and metal mic and guitar was the highlight of the night for me personally. Yeah. Uh, Dave is a good singer, and he's he's yeah. a cool dude. And you know, I was really happy that Ron Lipnicki got up on stage. Yeah, who Ron played drums with us last time, and because of his schedule with Overkill, I guess it, it didn't work out this time. Right, but he um, still came to the gig, yeah. and he he was great, and he came up on stage and. 
And you know what? I, I also want to thank Freddie, the owner of Dingbats, because uh, he is really, really nice. He took me on a tour uh, across the street. He owns another bar lounge called Dingo's. And how is that? I've it's pretty neat, there. actually. Like, uh, there's, you know, in the back, there's, like, pool tables and stuff. But, like, in the front, there's a bar. And then there's some cool, like, kind of, like, like booths, but they're... They're kind of cool. They're like red velvet. It's kind of got like a rock vibe to it. Cool. It's, it's pretty neat. Got like a planetarium on the roof in the back. and Or, you know, what was that? Is that a planetarium where you can see stars and stuff like that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think so, you're the astronomer. Yeah, you? I should know that. I should know. I'm, you forgot. This is John Astrology. Well, the uh, update on uh, Corey is that uh, Jen from Chipster is calling the manager. Uh, I actually think that. we're going to have to move on here. And, I think we're going to. Uh, maybe you should say that because we have... Uh, Blitz coming in at nine, and he could be here, you know, prior to nine. That we might have to just reschedule Corey Proctor of the Dallas Cowboys in free reign for the next show. Um, sure, maybe we should do that. Let me uh, let me see what we got on on deck here, music wise. You want to hear a little the new Priestess? Uh, you want to check that out? Priestess? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You you've no you don't know who that no. is. Yeah. It's actually a pretty cool band. Uh, I saw them. I believe in Brooklyn uh, many years ago. Cool. North Six. Is that a place in Brooklyn? Yeah, I think I, that's where I saw them. Uh, oh, what's, it, what's it called, JD? It's called the Music Hall of Williamsburg. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Saw a couple shows there. I heard a, there was a song that Wendy Williams had that said the word priestess. Yes. In it. Yeah. Actually, when I search priestess in my iTunes, that I, came I, up. Yeah, I get that. That is. Uh, yeah, that's a great tune. Play that after. If you have uh, it. Okay, I could do that. I let's, could play. Let's hear yeah. the new priestess followed by the song in which Wendy Williams says yeah, which the word is called priestess. priestess. Yeah. So we'll play Lady Killer, brand new priestess. Uh, I don't even think it's out yet. Uh, followed by the song Priestess by the Plasmatics. Oh, actually. yeah. Featuring Wendy Williams. See, I think that that was really a Wendy Williams song that now when they re-released it on iTunes, they say it's the Plasmatics. Oh, okay. Very, or maybe yeah. it was Plasmatics Live doing that song that was officially right, on the WoW was, record. The WoW record was Wendy Williams. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, for some reason it comes up as the Plasmatics. Yeah, I think they, about, yeah. there's some kind of that's, new re-release of yeah, that. That's, that's interesting. And then how about if we follow that one up with Judas Priestess? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know we we don't that. have any other music that's you know readily available to play at the moment so well let's get into this this is lady killer by priestess here on talking metal followed by priestess
just heard was a little Wendy O here on Talking Metal. Uh, yeah, so no go with Corey from Free Rain slash the Dallas Cowboys. Too bad. We are going to move on. We're going to actually start the interview early with Bobby Blitz tonight. He is in the studio now. We're just uh, setting up some lights because we're going to shoot this actually for our YouTube page and also for MTV2's Headbangers Ball. So stay tuned for that, guys. I wanted to mention that our friends White Wizard will be on the next episode of the Talking Metal podcast, and their new record, Over the Top, is now out. So you guys should definitely go check that out on iTunes. It is a great listen, traditional solid great heavy metal so let's check out the new white wizard here on talking metal followed by some brand new overkill Yeah. I feel the 
And we're back with Talking Metal Live. And in the studio, we've got a very special guest seated to my right. That's to your left if you're listening at home, Bobby Blitz. Bobby, thanks very, very much for coming down. The Ironbound record is unbelievable. Both Mark and I ran out, bought our copies, and just are blown away by this record. I was listening to it all last weekend with Jay, and uh, it's just an unbelievable record. My favorite song is The Goal Is Your Soul. You know what's good about this record? Everybody has a different favorite song, which wow. is making me think that there's 10 great cuts on there. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the key. Because sometimes, you know, there's one song that everyone likes and nobody talks about the other tunes. Sure, I, sure. Seriously, I, I think the whole record's great, but that was the one that stuck out for me. I got to uh, I got to Switzerland. We did a great venue called uh, Zet7 in uh, Pratland, which is right outside Basel. And uh, there is a Basel. There is a photographer that meets us there. He goes, Blitz, finally, all killer, no filler. <laughs> I I mean, and it is a great record. The the music video, I guess, first single, if you will, "Bring Me the Night," uh, great track. My favorite, "Give a Little," though, just love it. It brings me back, uh, especially the chorus, such an old school feel to it. Was there uh, a conscious decision to kind of tap back into the old sounds? I mean, it still has sonically a very contemporary sound, but there are elements of this record that do maybe skew a little old school, if you will. You know, you know, I think the old school vibe that's in there is those gang vocals that, right. you know, that we're all used to hearing when the fire was lit and the revolution started back in the 80s. Uh, but I think it's reinvented, and that's really the idea of it. There was no conscious vibe. Uh, the record formed on its own. I think that really the, the X factor for the record was, you know, in March of 09, it was Overkill Exodus for Europe. In April of 09, we start assembling this. So, you know, under the doorways and through the cracks in the studio walls, snuck in the road chemistry as we were putting this together. And that's kind of an old school tour, Overkill Exodus. So when we started putting this thing together, next thing we knew, we had kind of an old school reinvented record. Right. So it's back then, but again, with a contemporary presentation. Yeah. Now, do Dave and Derek come up with riffs and bring them to you guys how does it, the song start out Didi is the bone collector oh okay wow <laughs> he's, he's the one everything starts with him uh, and he'll put that into c- kind of a skeletal version of a song uh, so that's the beginning of the songs what happens after that is that it does go through Derek and Dave uh, because obviously that input is really important and I think one of the things I hear on Ironbound is that as much as it's uh, thrash and bash and beat em up you know there is a, con- a contemporary and and solid and talented uh, to no end guitar line that's a weave through this whole record that almost gives it kind of a progressive vibe. So it has to go through those guys to, uh, let's say, get the, the final outcome. But starts with Didi, ends with myself. Wow. And there's a, as I mentioned, a brand new video, Bring Me the Night. Can you talk a little bit about where it was shot, who you worked with on the video? Shot in Brooklyn. Uh, Mr. Kevin Custer, Toaster in the Tub. I love saying Toaster in the Tub. That's a great production (laughs) company. Um, Kevin is uh, of, you know, hate breed, testament, some rap fame. Uh, He did uh, a a clip with us for the Immortalis record called Skull and Bones. Um, Which, great clip. But we took uh, a lot of live stuff from uh, Whack and Open Air. uh, And then Randy Blythe from Lamb of God and myself got together in Richmond with Kevin. And we did this green screen stuff in uh, an old factory. Um, And Kevin was, uh, since that moment, telling me the next one's mine. 
The next one's fully mine. I want the whole thing on the next record. And when we signed to E1 in the States, Nuclear Blast, everywhere else in the rest of the world, we knew we had a solid video budget. And what Kevin did was uh, really simply said, it's all about energy, relentless energy. I said, that's the vision. It's all about energy, relentless energy. And I said, that simplicity really helped us because that understanding is something that we have had of the band for the amount of time that the band's existed. It's about relentless energy. So Kevin took that and, you know, added uh, some lighting effect, uh, but it really depended on the band's energy to make the make the clip happen. Now, did you guys record the whole record in DD's studio? Yeah. And now Dave has uh, Dave is in, involved in recording as well. So did he co-engineer it with Didi or they have the the same gear? It's like it's identical. It's like like it would mirror each other. Uh, Dave's down in Florida and occasionally would do leads down there. But this time we kind of brought as much as we could together. Uh, so cool. Dave did engineer on this. Um, and those guys are a really great team with with regard to that technology. They understand the computers. They understand you know what needs to be done. They understand good takes. So that production was. Uh, primarily done by both of them, yes. Very cool. And the the word iron bound uh, has a very metallic sound to it, if you will, but it's also uh, living in New Jersey. It's also known as uh, a neighborhood in New- in Newark. Is uh, is there any coincidence there that uh, maybe the, the name uh, came from, from that neighborhood in Newark or... You know, you know. Obviously, there's uh, the figurative Ironbound. Uh, let's say us tied to the scene by the metal ribbons. But uh, I don't think there's a kid in New Jersey who lives in the north part of Jersey who goes down to the shore who doesn't say, "What a great name for a neighborhood, Ironbound." Right. Right. And you know, we were thinking figurative, but said, "You know, what's even cooler is that it's actually geographic, so it really gives that Jersey stamp to it." And I never knew why it was called the Ironbound, but uh, looked it up after this, and it, it's an immigrant neighborhood of Portuguese, Spanish, Germans, um, uh, right outside the port of Newark. And they say that from the sky, because of the train tracks that run through it, it looks like it's tied to the earth by metal ribbons. Uh-huh. And I said, that actually works. Doesn't right. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> I, it seems to me that there's such a kind of like old school vibe just going on in the state of metal nowadays. You were talking about the tour you did with Exodus, which was kind of like an I'm sure you guys were on tour with Exodus back in the day. And do you feel that there's a resurgence of thrash and old school metal going on right now? Yeah, I mean, without a doubt. And, and, you know, I have to attribute it to more so the younger bands than the old guard. I mean, the younger bands have created a new uh, interest in this scene based on, oh, geez, their commitment, which is really a, a lot the same as when bands like Overkill, Exodus had started, Death Angel, Testament, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there's there's even social and political themes that reflect each other in uh, yeah, that, that are happening now that are happening now that happened then, uh, right. whether that be war, whether that be economics, et cetera, et cetera. And these are great reasons to start a revolution. And, you know, I always think of those 80s as a revolution. And, and really signing on saying, you know, this is, I'm in for life. You know, <laughs> it was really, it was really simple. But I think that this resurgence is based on uh, their interest in the old days, but uh, the validity is based on those social and political themes that are happening right now. Right. They're not um, faking it. They, they're living through that. And so they're writing 
from the heart. They're not trying to come out and it's, say, we're going to sound just like Overkill did. They, it's not a fake it. out. No, it's right. the real deal. And and I think because of that, um, then you, you start seeing stronger releases from bands like ourselves. Uh, I mean, starting with uh, the formation of Damnation from Testament uh, all Great the way record. up to Endgame. Um, and, and I think even including Ironbound, uh, that the old guard said, wait a second. <laughs> this is the way it's done. <laughs> this, right. is, <laughs> this is This is what we do. But I think that uh, the young bands are, are really directly responsible for this, and, and some of them are just fantastic. And, you know, even on this upcoming tour, we're taking Warbringer again with us. Oh, we I love those Evile. guys. Right. Uh, we had Gamma Bomb overseas with us on a tour. Uh, just took a Greek band called Suicidal Angels. I mean, and, and these are kind of that new thrash guard, and that's uh, it's kind of cool to have that competition of the old and the new because, uh, you know, my, my opinion is, I said, you can kiss my ass for five minutes, but I plan on burying you on that stage. Right, right. <laughs> I had such a great time at the Starland Ballroom when you guys played with Warbringer, and it just it really brought me back to to the the eighties, and you know made me feel like I did when I you know went to concerts when I was like in high school, and it was I just had a great time at that gig. They're all wearing mine and Didi's uh, high top white sneakers. We sold them oh, all yeah. to them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want I want to talk a little bit more about bands like like Warbringer, um, but first I wanted to go back to. The early '80s, when when bands like Overkill and Megadeth, uh, even Anthrax, were coming out, Metallica, for that matter, you guys really, in a way, invented a sound that didn't exist uh, prior to that point. Which uh, you know, and again, we'll talk about the younger bands who who didn't really invent anything new. They're kind of you know carrying the torch that you guys started. Can you talk about how that happened? And and, and in your opinion, you know uh, the the sounds and the bands that you were listening to, and the direction that you pushed it in, um, and, and how it all kind of thrash metal and just the new sound of metal that hit in the early eighties. How that all kind of came about. You know, I, I, I think it, uh, by chance, first and foremost, um, it was obviously a voice in the dark and who could scream the loudest at one particular time as, as we were developing. But it really was the harnessing of chaos where everything prior to that was planned. The only thing that was really chaotic before that was punk rock. And we were huge punk rock fans. I mean, if you lived in New York or lived in New Jersey, you considered the Ramones yours. You just lent them out to other people when right. they went out on the road yeah. and toured. But you could go down to St. Mark's Place and you could see... Uh, uh, Johnny and Dee Dee Ramone having a beer in a bag, leaning on trash and vaudeville on the, yeah. you know, on, yeah. on Third and St. Mark's, and it was just, it was awesome. It was a, a fantastic feeling, and you know, we we pogoed at Seabees. Uh, we we uh, we saw shows. Uh, the Dead Boys at the Ritz. We saw the Dead Boys in smaller places. This was the chaos that we added to what the metal was. Uh, we li- loved the new wave of British heavy metal, right. uh, Tank and Angel Witch and, and Venom. And even the early Iron Maiden stuff was uh, considered within that realm. Sure. But I think with Overkill, what we did with regard to creating a sound, and I can't talk about other bands because there's signature sounds from the Bay Area, which are like likened to the Bay Area. You can yeah. pick that out. But in New York, we took that new wave of British heavy metal and just forced the punk into it. And I think that that gave us the X factor of originality to some degree. I mean, I think Anthrax did it to some degree also. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did it more so, I think, with hardcore than, than we did w- and as we did more so with punk. But I think that that was the creation of the sound. But the reality was is that these were two genres we liked. So when Overkill was... 
a cover band. I mean, we would open up with the Dead Boys Sonic Reducer into Ace of Spades by Motorhead into Murders in the Room Org. So, I mean, you're really talking about three totally different right. separate wow. entities. Yeah. And that's how the sound created for us was understanding that there was more than just one thing. Yeah. But also being that voice in the dark and harnessing that chaos because there's so much power in that chaos. You know, what's the difference between Ironbound and Field of Fire from 1985? One is pure chaos. The other one is controlled chaos. It's knowing when to wield the hammer and when to crack the whip as opposed to just doing it indiscriminately and hitting everything possible. So I think there's more power as time goes on. And this is how we developed. And that's uh, the, the origin of the sound, in my opinion. Definitely. It's, a, it's definitely insightful. And when you look at bands like Warbringer, who you've already mentioned that you like, and I like them too, but I have heard criticism uh, thrown at them that, okay, when, when bands like Overkill and Metallica and Megadeth and, and Anthrax were, were doing their thing, they, they invented this sound. They moved different genres of music into a new place, whereas Warbringer don't do that. They are, are, are pretty much textbook as to what you guys, Overkill, Exodus, were doing, you know, 20, 25 years ago. And uh, is, does that, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just thinking, how, how does, how does as, as the person who, as one of the, the people who are involved in, in uh, pinpointing this sound, how do you feel about a band that is not really taking the sound in a new direction and is more just flying the flag? <laughs> no, no, of course not. I, you know, I think it's great that that these guys have uh, this type of inspiration. And obviously, I hear riffs that I've heard before from other bands, from Testament and Exodus and uh, Death Angel, for instance, right. and some of this new thrash. Uh, material it's out, this new wave. But, you know, the cool thing about it is that we also took stuff from other people. I mean, I, I we can't just say that, that we were struck by lightning and the sound right. a- appeared <laughs> right, and, right. and we were blessed like so. I think what happens is, is that and in the origin and at the beginning that happens is borrowing and celebrating influence um, and walking down a path that has already been cut through the jungle or the woods. Eventually, you have to get off that path and bands that last get off that path and find out what their own stamp is and how they put that stamp on their music by changing their influence by using it as motivation but changing it to making it their own and i see this obviously will happen with some of these bands i mean the the ones that last will eventually take this original path say you know to hell with following the road that's traveled let's sharpen up the machetes and get into the woods and create our own path and that's where originality happens and that's where a uniqueness happens and that's where value happens and i think that the bands you mentioned from the 80s uh, all did that at yes, one point definitely. had to have without I mean, question had to, when you listen to the metallica garage day stuff you know what their influences are yeah but obviously they used a lot of that but went in and redefined what heavy metal was for you know for for that era and that generation now do you indeed find it easier now that you know how to control the chaos to, to write together, or was it easier back back in the day where you kind of just were throwing everything together? We go to Warbringer shows and just steal their good yeah, stuff. Yeah, just like, <laughs> the tape. It, and Did Nikki Six it. say that in an yeah. interview? Yeah, of course I go to shows, but I only steal the good stuff. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and then my other question was. 
what keeps you and Didi together all these years? You know, it, it's it's unique. Um, you know, first with regard to the writing, I think it's always exciting for us because you know there, there's the same set of principles and values that have always been there, and th- and that's that's hugely important with regard to what we do because you know there's no backdoor plan to come into you know, you know modern culture where we're. we're a subculture. We're, we're the underground. We're, we're part of the underground. We're a small part of the wheel as opposed to the whole wheel. And I think that we've always understood that. So that then you get the opportunity to be free enough to do it for yourself and to do what you like doing as opposed to any kind of outside pressures, public opinions. None of that really matters. It doesn't matter that uh, Gamma Bomb has this great record out now or, or working on a great record uh, or, or Warbringers released a great record or, uh, or Bonded by Blood, et cetera, et cetera. It matters what we do, paying attention to our own house. So I think when that happens, uh, inspiration is still easy to come by because you love this stuff. Um, with regard to Didi and myself, I think that the key to, you know, a relationship for, for this amount of time, and I always love saying this in interviews, he'd be nothing without me, nothing. I've been carrying him for 25 years on my back. But, <laughs> we did, we did an interview in Tokyo and, uh, as, as hospitable as these people are and serious through interpreters, we were sitting at like in the Hyatt on, in the conference room upstairs and Didi hardly does interviews, but they got him out for this one. And we're sitting in two chairs and we're drinking uh, beers or coffee. And they said, can you tell me about the relationship through the interpreter? And he jumps ahead and says, I've been carrying that drunk for 25 years. He'd be, he wouldn't even be selling cars if it wasn't for me. And he goes to the interpreter, tell him. <laughs> and the interpreter tells all the interviewers, right? Oh, you right. could have heard a pin drop in this place until I fell out of the chair holding my stomach. You know, <laughs> Everybody realized the levity of it. But I think that that really is the key, that there is no insult here, that right. the, uh, the people uh, within this band for the 30-year period, Didi and myself, put the people ahead of the band. And then the band really takes care of itself. You know, if, if I say, is everything cool? Uh, do you need any help with this or anything else? Is the family okay? Yeah, it's okay. I need a little time to get this together. Or if he says that to me, I think there's a great understanding of where our priorities lie. So everything else follows really easy. It still amazes me when I think, hey, I, I know this guy for 30 years. And I know him really close. And I write songs with this dude for 30 years. I mean, that's uh, it's a pretty amazing accomplishment. But I think it's because there's friendship that uh, precedes that of a business or songwriting relationship. Right. Cool. And uh, you mentioned you just got back from Europe. Any uh, highlights from over there that you could share with us? Fell right on my ass on the stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hit the wet spot from Derek's side, came right down. The uh, Let's see. The, Where was the, that? Uh, Pratlin. Okay. Uh, Pratlin, uh, Switzerland. Um but the show was really cool. I mean, I have family over there, which is really great. We had oh, uh, cool. we have Kids Day on the first day in the Netherlands where they all come out and uh, they watch Soundcheck and we run it like a full show, you know, so the Very kids can cool. come out and we all put them in overkill shirts and and uh, like so my, my niece actually gave us a concert last time for oh, like, okay. yeah, nine minutes wow. with her violin and I was running around. This was on the Exodus tour going, look, guys, my niece is out there on the stage and we're running the smoke and the strobe lights right now. She's right. playing her violin. Cool. I need Exodus and overkill out there applauding. Right. And right, these yeah, guys right. have such cool. a great time with it, you know, it's one of the best family And videos. I bet she was so excited to oh, be on, tremendous. like, the rock and roll, you know, metal stage with the whole nine yards going on and all you guys watching her. Cute little blonde girl, violin, and behind her is the big Charlie Batskull, you know? Yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> tremendous. <clears throat> but 
the highlights of the show were that the record was accepted or the shows, the record was accepted at such a high level mm. that we're doing songs like Ironbound and uh, people are singing the choruses. That is amazing. Right. I'm like, stopping, yeah. uh, bring me the night. And this is the first pass through. The record's been out for eight days, I'm saying. This is not uh, this is not normal, right. but obviously it's what the doctor ordered for for the scene, yeah. and and it's a good interjection of energy, and and a, obviously a contemporary release for for the metal genre at this time. So, I mean, all of a high level sold out shows uh, uh, all through Germany and full houses everywhere else. So, and then you guys are getting ready to do U.S. dates now. We go to South America this weekend. Oh, oh South America. First. Yeah, we go oh, okay. to South America. We're actually Chile had a second uh, quake today. Oh, I heard no. that. Yeah. Three aftershocks, and one was a six five or a six nine. Wow! And uh, our first show is in Santiago on uh, Tuesday. Mm. Okay. And so we're going to see what happens with that. But right. uh, after the first quake, they wanted to move ahead with what they were doing. They said, "We want to move ahead with this. We want to get Chile back." In, you know, we want a right. normal life down here again. So we had agreed to do the show, come down anyway. Uh, so we go down to South America, you know, barring any, uh, 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 you know, uh, more problems in Santiago and in Concepcion, et cetera. Um, and then we do the U.S. tour starting uh, April 1 That's in Philadelphia, right. Trocadero. Cool. And it goes about a month and we end at the Nokia in New York. Which and then it's cool. festival madness for us, which is Wacken and uh, all the good ones. All the, the good ones. The last stuff from Wacken has just been, you know, the video is amazing. I mean, just to see you guys. I, I particularly like the Skull and Bones footage. And, uh, I mean, it's just so cool to, to play in front of those gigantic crowds. I mean... It really is, you know. You know, I, it was ten degrees uh, uh, Celsius that night, and so it was a little bit cold. Wow! And and I remember standing on the side of the stage with Didi, and uh, and I was just wearing like a you know like a, a tank top, and, and I said, "Man, it's getting hot." Wow. <laughs> so I guess I still get yeah. the fever standing in front of that amount of people. That's, that, yeah. Then you know that that's you know you're meant to be there doing it because yeah. you still can get that feeling. Because I think. A, you know, sadly, there are probably a lot of bands in of various genres that are out there doing it not because they love it, but you guys, you're still getting that same charge that you got 30 years ago. Yeah, I always enjoy that when somebody yells something as we're leaving the dressing room, something like, give them the cold steel, boys. <laughs> yeah, <very laughs> Everybody's cool. charging up to the stage, and I'm thinking yeah. to myself... It's still fun in middle age. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's good. Uh, a good friend of ours is your drummer, Ron Lipnicki. Just wanted to mention uh, him, and I know he's been with you a number of years at this point. I think this is his second record with you guys. Where did you originally find out about Ron, and how did he come into the fold for you? you? Know, we had a we had a problem with uh, uh, Tim Mallory. Well, it was actually Tim had a problem. It was a family issue that he had to handle and, and had missed some festivals and missed some shows. And we, we sat down and talked with Tim and um, we said, listen, we're going to get a guy. Uh, not necessarily to take your place, but to not miss these other festivals and shows because it's going to kill the momentum of the band if you can't do it. And uh, I was doing a project called The Cursed uh, with Dan Lorenzo or getting ready to do sure. it. And Dan is a more than just a local guitar hero, he's, he's been in nonfiction in Hades uh, and released some great records. And the nonfiction records, obviously, being something so far ahead of their time. Yeah. Uh, I just saw one of their reunions. I actually saw you guys there. Yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, you know, it, it was funny. I was, I was talking with someone, uh, I think it was his wife, Gina, and, and uh, I said, Isn't it funny how in, in 93, when this came out, it was so far ahead of its time, but in 2009, it's retro? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. But it's uh, Dan and I worked on that project. 
project, and uh, when I had the drum problem, he immediately suggested Ron as uh, the perfect fill-in. So no one else was auditioned. It was just supposed to be a fill-in when Tim didn't do it. And Tim, I think, became comfortable enough to say, they got somebody, I can go. Yeah. Um, And he just left. We offered it to Ron. And, you know, he really is instrumental to what Ironbound is. Um, He sounds great on the record. He's he's an incredible drummer. I mean, you you don't break a wild horse. I mean, it's that simple. And if... You have to understand it's the drummer. It, metal records are about the drummer. Everyone else, hang on. That's yeah. really what it has to be, and it has to be a great relationship between those those drum sounds and the guitar sounds. But when Ron came in off the road and was ready to do this stuff, he gives Ironbound, in my opinion, that X factor of the road coming in that takes the whole thing over the top because the rest of us have to raise to that level. There's a, I mean, you, you can't lag behind. You can't say, listen, man, the tracks are too good. You got to redo them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Can you bring them down a notch, you know? And it was, uh, to me, truly inspiring to see him actually come of age, with, especially with regard to Overkill. He'd come of age as a drummer prior. Right. But with regard to Overkill, he'd come of age with this record and he knows that he's steering the ship and the rest of us are mere passengers on this yeah so good stuff guys great guy we want you to download ironbound or buy the cd it is available at best buy i think that's where john and i both bought it uh it is on itunes and uh bobby we wanted to just personally thank you because i i went to best buy bought the cd and I'm on the subway going back to work, and I open up the CD, and there is my name in the special thanks column, <laughs> which I, I don't get a lot, and it meant a lot to me. So yeah. thank you, and John was in there thank too. You. So we appreciate uh, that, and uh, it means a lot. You'll 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 get my bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're, ne- that- you're never going to be able to shake these guys. <laughs> yeah. Now you did it. Yeah. I had no idea. I was We're, surprised and honored. We've when touched I an emotional it. nerve. Now. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're going to follow you home like puppies. Yeah. <laughs> And we also have to thank you for doing what was my absolute favorite jam on the Talking Metal on Fuse shows, and that's when we did Overkill with Frankie Bello and Mike Portnoy, and you did an amazing vocal job. The, I mean, the that Turtlehead kills. Thing. Yeah, the that's turtle one of your head. biggest hits on there, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely it is. Yeah, man. And uh, we, we were... Uh, Working with Paul Diano the other night, but I know uh, you were in town and you guys actually did that on uh, on stage at BB King's. Uh, we're, we're, I, I played uh, a night with Hale. Hale, right? And yeah. uh, Andreas from Sepultura, Mike on Mike Portnoy on drums, Ripper singing, right? Uh, Dave Elfson on the bass, and they invite people down, and they invited myself and Frank down, and cool. we did a Turtlehead reunion, and yeah. it was just uh, it was really a lot of fun. It's funny though, you know, we were getting ready for this whole thing, and they uh, they said, "But dude, we really want." to come down and they, right. they sent me this list of songs and it was you know Overkill's uh, Motorhead's Overkill right. and the rest were ACDC songs you know yeah. and I got back to him I said dude I can do other stuff you know ACDC or that one too so what did you end up doing with them you did uh, oh, Overkill by Motorhead obviously uh, I did Highway to Hell okay. and I did uh, TNT oh okay cool, yeah, cool. So, and then they got rid of me I said I'm not doing any more ACDC unless, <laughs> right, right. unless I have a denim vest and somebody <laughs> yeah, knocks yeah, a tooth okay. out <laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Bobby, for joining us. We're now going to get into a little brand new Overkill. This is a song I mentioned earlier, Give a Little, and we'll follow that up with Power Surge, a classic track off of Taking Over. So here it is, the brand new Overkill. Guys, use those links in today's show notes of the podcast. They will open up your iTunes and take you directly to Ironbound by Overkill, and you can download the record in full there. 
Absolutely, guys. Thanks for listening to Talking Metal Live. Thanks to Bobby Blitz. And right now, let's get into it. Yeah, you know what? One last thing. Can we get a Talking Metal ID from you? I don't think we ever got one from Bobby. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America and all ships at sea. This is Bobby Blitz from Overkill coming at you live on Talking Metal. Cool. And this is Give a Little by Overkill. Thanks, Bobby. (laughs) 